You are listening to Keystone Stock Talk Podcast, episode 113. If this is your first time listening, then thanks for stopping by. This podcast is produced every week for your enjoyment, and show notes are found at www.keystocks.com. Come back often, and feel free to add the podcast to your favorite RSS feed or on iTunes. You can also follow us on Twitter at Keystocks and on Facebook or via our 24-hour streaming radio station, pennystocks.fm. And keep submitting your stocks via the usual social channels or at our website, keystocks.com, for our Your Stock Artake segment. And we just might review your stock in an upcoming show and let you know if it is a buy, sell, or hold. This week in our Your Stock, Our Take segment, we take a look at two unique businesses sent in by listeners. The first, Microcap Symmatrix Corporation, symbol CVX on the TSX Venture, manufactures and supplies cellular concrete products developed from proprietary formulations across North America. A listener asks us how the shutdown has affected business and if we think the company is a good way to play the potential government spending or infrastructure spending post-shutdown. Our second Your Stock, Our Take is on Canadian digital media and marketing company Yellow Pages Limited, symbol Y on the TSX. Yellow Pages local online properties include yp.ca, Canada 411, and 411.ca. The company also continues to publish the Yellow Pages print directories, despite the fact that even most rotary phone aficionados appear to have graduated to something known as Google. So this week, it is just Brennan who will be joining me as my regular co-host, Mr. Aaron Dunn, has climbed into a 1960s Partridge Family-style bus and is presently with his family spreading song and good cheer from city to city in a BC community near you. So look for him if you are uh, somewhere in the interior of BC. You may see Mr. Dunn spreading cheer with his family, singing singing songs. I'm sure you're, <laughs> you're really... Um, you're missing out on that out there in Saskatchewan. You're not going to find uh, Aaron Dunn in a community near you, but uh, there are some communities that are being graced with his dulcet tones right now. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna miss him this week. We we always do when he's not around. Um, but yeah, you gotta just not I, but maybe you. Oh, will I, miss I miss him. him. Maybe you. He always miss has him, kind but, words to yeah, say about me, but you on the other hand, Ryan, uh, not not so much. Not so much. You know how it goes. I just I just keep it real, right? I just <laughs> keep enough. it real. Is Fair what enough. I'm saying. So we're going to start by updating uh, the kind of the bizarre trading in Kodak. Uh, we talked about that last week. Brennan actually talked about that. Um, shares of Eastman Kodak fell another 40% at one point on Monday of this week after the U.S. government blocked the now infamous $750 or $65 million loan to the company, which is going to make drug ingredients for use in possible COVID-19 vaccines because of, they blocked it because of alleged wrongdoing by executives. Now, alarm bells, bells sounded after senior Democratic lawmakers in the U.S. asked federal regulators to investigate securities or stock transactions made by the company and its executives around the time it learned it could receive the government loan. Even U.S. President Donald Trump weighed in with a tweet stating last week that the government would investigate the circumstances surrounding the announcement of the loan. 
Kodak shares ha- had soared more than fivefold with retailer traders, retail traders on the popular Robinhood trading app piling into the stock since DFC announced it would sign a letter of interest to provide the loan to the company. Now, more than 900 million shares had at that point exchanged hands at the start of this week since the loan was announced, nearly 12 times the company's shares outstanding, the total amount of shares outstanding. The crazy share price movement is not a good look for financial markets generally. If there was some wrongdoing here, we hope there are significant penalties. The company's shares, which surged to a $60 intraday high at the end of July, have dropped 80% from that high to the $10 range. Now, the underlying business is not growing and trades at huge multiples, uh, even despite the drop. Uh, It is not a stock we would touch with the proverbial 10-foot pole. And now, like the the big question is is back in April uh, of this year, um, you know, the company came out and said that they might not be a going concern anymore. So, you know, that's the real question here: is are we going to see Kodak uh, in the coming months or years uh, potentially, you know, uh, file for bankruptcy? Yeah, and it's um, a venerable old business, been around for forever, exactly. right? And uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it could be another uh, a company that uh, really just failed to adapt, failed to innovate. And, uh, you know, we'll pay the ultimate price by potentially going into bankruptcy. There's probably some patents there that might be worth something over the long term and maybe some brand value in the name, although it may be tarnishing that right now. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's just a company that, you know, if you look at it based on the base business, the underlying fundamentals that are there, uh, not worth uh, the speculation on the company right now, for sure. Now let's look at our first Your Stock, Our Take. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock, Our Take. Buy, sell, or hold. It's on Symmatrix Corporation. It comes in from uh, Ross Belfontaine via email. He said, if you could give your take on either of these companies, and the first one is Symmatrix Corporation, uh, he would greatly appreciate that. Well, Symmatrix Corporation, symbol CVX on the TSX Venture, trades at around 44, 45 cents. Market cap, 25.9 million. What does the company do? They manufacture and supply advanced cellular concrete products developed from proprietary formulations across North America. It's unique cement-based material with superior thermal protection delivers cost-effective innovative solutions to a broad range of problems facing the infrastructure, Uh, the industrial, including oil and gas, and commercial markets. Through recent acquisitions, Symmatrix is now North America's largest cellular concrete company. So let's look at recent financial results. Q2 performance revenues increased 14% to $7.37 million in that second quarter. EBITDA, however, decreased 31%. Cash flow decreased 46%. And the company reported a loss of around $630,000 compared to income of 175000 in the second quarter of 2019. Now, management commented on these results, saying the impact of COVID-19 on our customers is starting to affect our business. As Symmatrix moved into the second half of 2020, we have begun to experience delays in projects. Some projects have been pushed back a few weeks to a month or two, but a number of projects are now expected to begin in 2021. Management went on to state the silver silver lining here is that none of these delays are a result of project cancellations or budget constraints, but simply a result of logistical challenges due to the pandemic 
and these unprecedented times. Our take here, our conclusion, Symmetrix appears to have a product that offers a unique solution for the infrastructure and construction industry, but the company's use cases have yet to become widespread in the broader infrastructure segment. It's been a a tough sell to convince the overall market. It still has good potential though. On May 21st, management stated that factoring in COVID-19 into its estimates, this was at Q1, Symmetra still expected to generate between 40 and 45 million in revenue in 2020. Just three months later, however, on August 7th, management reported that given the COVID-19 environment, they are revising revenue estimates for 2020 to between 32 and 38.7 million. That's a 17% reduction at the midpoint of those uh, estimates. Now, we understand how the shutdown has affected many industries, but in late May, Symmetrics was well over two months into the pandemic when the 2020 guidance was issued. This is by no means the first time management has lowered guidance within a year. The company is gaining a bit of a history of overpromising and under-delivering. Now, management quotes a strong pipeline of $336 million and a current backlog, or current, uh, including current year sales, uh, which now exceeds $80 million. These data points appear very encouraging, but have to be executed on before they become cash flow, a financial metric that has, uh, over time, eluded uh, Symmetrics on a consistency basis. Now, government expects investments into infrastructure and construction, or infrastructure construction, particularly the replacement of aging uh, overpasses, bridges, highways. This should be, you know, a positive for the longer-term expectations of Symmetrics. But with currently a trailing EV to EBITDA in the range of 25 and weaker near-term working capital, we are not buyers in the near term of Symmetrics. It is interesting, but we continue to monitor this microcap company. Yeah, it just doesn't look like growth at a reasonable price. Um, but one thing, yeah, I am kind of surprised that management did say that no projects uh, have actually been lost. You know, we've seen, you know, just uh, so many sectors actually losing projects, um, but just the delay. Um, yeah, I mean, and it may, you know, it, I'm not saying it's completely looking at it through rose-colored glasses, but you know, if they do see a pickup in infrastructure spending, uh, it's a good way to stimulate the economy. Many believe governments will, and they've already kind of earmarked some money for that. We may see that going forward. That doesn't necessarily you know, mean that Symmetrics will be a major beneficiary of this, but it is positioned to potentially be a beneficiary. Uh, management has to just execute on that stated pipeline or pipeline or strong sales pipeline of around 336 million uh if they can do that then uh you know Symmetrix needs it could be profitable now they have to execute on that pipeline those projects they have to execute on a profitable basis as well in the first quarter for example which is their weaker period you know there was a loss there in the second quarter we saw you know they had an increase of sales but still a loss and negative cash flow. So increasing sales doesn't mean everything for a business. You need to increase sales profitably and on a cash flow positive basis to really add to shareholder holder value over the long term. It looks like there is a good solid backlog here. Some of those projects have moved uh, likely into next year. Uh, margins should uptick in the second half of the year for this business as we typically see. But uh, right now, 
Uh, we would look more into 2021 for uh, this company to make a jump forward in terms of sales if they can execute on that sales pipeline and even on their backlog and don't lose any contracts uh, due to a second wave or something like that going forward. So we'll continue to monitor the company. Now, our second Your Stock Our Take. It's time we answer a question on Your Stock in a little segment we like to call Your Stock Our Take buy, sell, or hold. It comes from uh, Andrew via Facebook. It's on Yellow Pages Limited, symbol Y on the TSX. Brennan, you took a look at Yellow Pages. I did. So yes, Yellow Pages Limited, Y on the TSX, currently trading at a price of $10.38 and has a market cap of approximately $277 million. So Yellow Pages is a digital media and marketing solutions provider in Canada, which offers tools to local businesses, national brands and consumers, allowing them to interact and transact with today's digital economy. So YP, or sorry, uh, Yellow Pages did originally have uh, two segments, its YP segment uh, and its other segment, um, but it has recently divested off its other uh, business lines in its other segment uh, in April of 2019. So it just has its YP segment now. Uh, And just to give you a little bit of color uh, on this segment, uh, it allows small and medium-sized enterprises across Canada uh, full-serve access to its suite of digital and traditional marketing solutions, notably online and mobile priority placement on Yellow Pages digital media properties, content syndication, search engine solutions, website fulfillment, social media campaign management, which is kind of interesting, digital display advertising, video production, as well as print advertising. So uh, looking at the company's past share price performance in February of 2020, just prior to the global outbreak of COVID-19, the stock was trading at a three-year high at $13.25, driven by an excellent Q4 2019. Although this Q4 did look excellent to the untrained eye, uh, looking at adjusted earnings, it was actually driven by a large tax benefit. So this quarter wasn't actually really that good. Uh, Anyhow, the stock has pulled back and is now trending towards its previous February highs after uh, the company posted strong Q2 financial results uh, last week. So looking at these Q2 2020 results, revenue was down 17.3% to 88.3 million compared to the same quarter last year. Adjusted EBITDA decreased 3.4% to 42.9 million. And earnings per share came in at uh, $0.83 per share compared to uh, $0.55 per share uh, for Q2 of 2019. So this increase was driven by an expansion in operating margins, which is good to see. Um, And I did do a little bit further research, but I couldn't find if this was uh, part of some uh, form of subsidies uh, due to COVID-19 or or have you. so looking at the uh, the company's relative valuation, uh, I can see why Andrew is intrigued by the business as it is trading at a trailing enterprise value to EBITDA valuation multiple of just 2.3 times, which is quite low and possibly indicates the stock is undervalued. Uh, looking at the company's balance sheet, at first it does appear that they are highly levered Uh, having a debt to equity ratio of 6.15, but they actually only have a net debt to EBITDA ratio of 0.38, which indicates the company should be more than able to pay down its debt over time. So our take here, 
I will say that we are generally not very enthusiastic towards traditional digital and print media, as we have seen these businesses take a huge hit from Facebook, Google, and other forms of marketing. We do like that Yellow Pages was able to increase its net margins last quarter and increase its net income. However, margins can only be expanded so far, and even before the COVID-19 pandemic, the company's revenues were steadily decreasing, which is not something that we like to see. Looking back, you can see that the company is restructuring its operations and trying to refocus on valuable lines of business going forward, uh, as the company has divested six lines of business since May of 2018. Uh, and these businesses were in the other segment, as I uh, previously mentioned there earlier. So I should note that the company initiated a regular 11 cent per share dividend payable in May of this year. So seeing as there uh, has been a steady contraction in the business's revenue. Uh, this new dividend could possibly indicate that the company is turning to a shareholder distribution uh, as they may be short uh, on alternatives to grow the business going forward. So all in all, to sum things up here, despite the company being able to expand net, net margins in the last quarter, maintain a healthy balance sheet, and uh, currently trades at a reasonable enterprise value to EBITDA multiple, we would refrain from investing in the stock due to the industry the company operates in, as well as its decreasing revenues, and as far as we can see, lack of growth going into the future. Yeah, and uh, you know, I think YP has done or uh, Yellow Pages has done a you know a, a decent job. It looks like somewhat turning around the operations, trying to focus it on the online operations more. But if we look at you know, we want to see a business that is growing, and we want to buy that growth at a reasonable price. Uh, if you look in 2000, 2016, they had eight hundred seventeen million in revenues. Twenty seventeen, they have seven hundred forty-five million. Twenty eighteen, five hundred seventy-seven million. Twenty nineteen, four hundred three million. On a trailing basis, this year, three hundred sixty-eight million. So it's just a steady decline in revenues. Uh, for us, uh, that is why you see. I mean, you see a low enterprise value in EBITDA, a low multiple on this stock, but the market's not willing to pay up for a company at all if it continues to have a declining revenue base. So if they could stabilize that and start to grow, uh, then it might be have some interest to us. But until they do that, it doesn't fit our model of growth at a reasonable price. If you have growth, you can get a decent multiple. That multiple can even increase over time. And uh, you, you, know, you grow your underlying earnings. Even if that multiple doesn't increase, the share price can increase if you stay at a base level multiple because your earnings that you base the stock price off of are increasing over time. And, and like Brennan said, you can increase profitability by massaging margins up or going to more higher margin businesses. But uh, eventually, if your revenues keep declining, it is hard to increase the bottom line cash flow and earnings over time. So that is one of the reasons why we have a bias towards companies that have at least some level of growth in the business and you look consistently, Yellow Pages has had uh, decreasing revenues. So it doesn't fit our model in that, from that perspective. It's something that we definitely monitor because if there is an uptick here, uh, valuations uh, would appear relatively cheap you know, on an EV to EBITDA basis. Brennan, thanks for your summary on that. Any final comments? No, thank you. And uh, 
all I can say is I'll be watching the Raptors uh, this week and in the coming weekends. You know, I yeah. know you, you were talking about the, the Canucks. There. My Canucks That's actually awesome. made it officially into the playoffs from the play-in round. So we'll see. We're playing the uh, last year's Stanley Cup uh, champions in St. Louis. Uh, starts on Wednesday. And, uh, and yeah, it should, it should, I'm looking forward to uh, looking forward to seeing uh, the boys in the playoffs and uh, see if we can... Uh, yeah, you know, see if we can uh, pull uh, an upset. It would be a significant upset. It'd be nice to see the the, uh, the young Canucks. Quinn Hughes is certainly playing tremendously well, so it's great to watch him. And uh, if he gets, uh, I think he's going to get locked out of the Calder race. I think he'll end up second. But uh, you know, from a Vancouver fan perspective, we think he should be uh, winning the Calder again this year. That would be back to back Calders for Vancouver. So that'd be a positive. But that's enough hockey talk this week uh, I'm going gonna, gonna to thank everybody for sending in their uh, questions and continue to listen you can rate us and review us on um, iTunes uh, and uh, keep your questions coming into our Yard Stock Our Take segment and our Ask Us Anything segment we'll endeavor to ask answer those every week and Aaron Dunn should be not back next week for all his fans so uh, everybody uh, you know everybody waiting there for bated breath looking forward and to Brennan it. is looking forward to it me not so much but Brennan <laughs> looking forward to Aaron's return uh, have a great uh, week and everybody stay safe and I wish you profitable investing thank you thanks everyone profitable investing <laughs>